Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome listeners to this Speaking From Our Hearts podcast episode where it is my immense pleasure to introduce a gentleman uh, all the way from Germany but now living in Spain by the name of Mr. Stefan Conradi. So Stefan, very warm welcome to you. Hey, hello Paul, nice to see and talk to you. Excellent. So quite a controversial title though, Stefan, The Beauty of Depression. Hmm. That's going to get Tom's <laughs> wagging. That's going to get Tom's wagging. Enlighten us, please. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I know it's very controversial, but um, I found after I got out of two depressions that there is a, a specific beauty in in that process of uh, actually being um, uh, completely... It, it was like a mental... Um, being mentally paralyzed and not having any feelings, not having any positive thoughts and being pretty much numb um, in an emotional way. And uh, at that specific, in that process, when I had the depression, it wasn't beautiful at all. But when I got out, I realized that nobody sees it from, from, from a positive point of view. Uh, although I think there is, uh, always a reason for being depressed and if you dig deep and if you try to find out why you have been depressed then the beauty unfolds mm. there's um yeah again on the controversy um track Stefan. there's a there's a train of thought amongst some people not all but some that people actually choose either consciously or subconsciously to do depression it doesn't do mm -hmm. them would you agree with that so you are saying that the, the depression picks you in, instead of... There's a train or, of thought that says, um, actually, there's, um, there's a lot of things that we can get from choosing to be depressed. Um, um, okay. Adopting that victimhood mentality of, um, you know, getting the will to feel sorry for us, if you like. Um, okay. It's very, very controversial, very controversial, um, but there is a train of thought. Um, um, and I know Tony Robbins, for example, he advocates that people choose to do depression. It's not think, something that comes and sort of plonks itself on us, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point of view, I think. Um, for me, I, I try to break it down because I was asking myself why this happened. And... Um, I'm a person who likes to keep sim things really simple. So I had my answer, which is basically I was doing the wrong things at the wrong time. So it was definitely me who picked the to be depressed in a certain way. Um, but you could also, of course, say um, it was things who came from outside 
who made who had an influence on me and uh, these things who came from outside uh, let the they did let the depression happen to me so i think it's i think it's both things i believe that there's always uh, something inside you and there's of course the outer world that has an impact on you and i think both things have an influence on each other and this creates your your world because i think everybody has a certain view on the world and uh, everybody creates his own reality that's why i think the terminology reality doesn't exist because what is real what is real for me doesn't need to be real for you absolutely yeah absolutely and so i think just listening to you speak there steph and what what uh, what comes through loud and clear um from your words um it's something that i advocate very strongly whether it, it doesn't matter what the scenario is everything stops and starts with awareness mm-hmm. without the awareness you know we don't know what we don't know as i've said many 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 times and without that level of awareness and, and it kind of wraps up what you've just said there that reality is that awareness is our reality it's our starting point whether it's Good, bad, or indifferent is kind of irrelevant. It is what it is. And we can only view things from where we are, from a level of awareness of where we are in any one given moment in time. So I put that into context, Stefan, of your scenario, Mm -hmm. having come out the other side of depression, your awareness Mm -hmm. now is massively increased because of Mm -hmm. that experience. Before, it kind of these external things hit you mm-hmm. and you absorb them. And that brings in for me as well that saying of let life happen through you rather mm-hmm. than to you. Because if you let it happen to you, then it's like we do get overwhelmed and there's only so much we can cope with. And there's something else that's from external sources that's happening to me and then that's happening to me. Whereas if we mm-hmm. try and let it pass through us, we move on. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's, that's very beautiful. I definitely see it very uh, similarly. And um, what you just mentioned, that um, uh, the life goes through you, I think it's a process because uh, I was I was hit, which means I created a resistance to, to everything that came towards me. Yes. But I learned, uh, as you said, to... To, to take everything more easy and don't and not taking things so personal because uh, I'm, I'm a person who in the past who yeah who thought a lot about others which now I still do but I see life from a completely different angle because it's way more healthy to yes to to let the things actually going through you like a membrane in a biological terminology. I mean, we know that there is diffusion from particles uh, through uh, through barriers, and if we if we kind of try to loosen our own inner barrier and let the things pass, it's definitely a very smart way to deal with life. Yeah. Yeah, because I think if we use a boxing analogy, um, Stefan, for, for simple um, reinforcement. Um, so if we stand there and we say, okay, you know, this is this is a boxing match, this is a fight for a title, whatever it is. Right, I'm going to stand there and I'm not going to budge. 
Well, cool. you're soon going to get took out. Whereas if you learn to kind of dance and move with the situations cool. and go in flow with the punches, mm-hmm. then you're not, you know, that situation is happening through you. It's not happening to you. You know, those punches are not landing. Yeah. If It's a bit like a solid oak tree that stands there mm-hmm. all staunch and resolute and I will not be moved. Well, one fierce storm and the whole lot's gone. The tree is uprooted. So I kind of prefer the the example of the willow that bends with life. So as life's winds come and they're very strong, it will blow it down mm-hmm. and it will come back and it will come yes. back and it will dance. And it is like mm-hmm. a dance. And I think once you can start embracing this more creative way of thinking that these things, these massive externals are out there and they never go mm-hmm. away. But I think what alters is the way we dance with them. Rather than, I will do this my way, this will be done my way. Well, just be careful of that. (laughs) And I do speak from personal experience, as do you, (laughs) Stefan. Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. It's very, it's very true. I think when you learn uh, to be like mentally flexible, and as you beautifully said, if you're able to bend, you know, uh, whatever comes to you or through you, yeah, then uh, then you actually master uh, a mental flexibility, and then you're then then you're not not uh, getting the punch punches, you know. And this is this is a, actually a very beautiful picture. I've never heard it this way, but it, it it's, it's a very nice way to describe it. And at the end of the day, I think it all comes to uh, adaptation because there is no uh, th- there's constant change around us all the time. And, and the changes, uh, if I look back the last, uh, let's say, 20, 25 years, at least the outer world seems to change quicker and quicker, so, which means that the inner uh, life, the, in, the inner us, needs to adapt faster and faster. There's more and more information coming towards us, which can uh, drive you mad. But uh, as long as you're able to control all this and to adapt, I think then you, you will be fine and then you will get the calmness that you need and the flexibility. Yes. And one of the um, simple examples I also use, Stefan, to reinforce my point is this little article here. I think we've all mm-hmm. got one. Oh, yes. Mobile Absolutely. phone. Mm. Yes. A mobile phone. And <laughs> I think we as people are like mobile phones. Mm-hmm. And we could, you know, we could we could give a thousand different examples, but I'm, I'm going to try and keep this really simple. So if I ring you and say, um, "Hello, Stefan," blah 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 blah, we talk, we talk. Um, now there's a battery in this, but within a certain amount of time, that battery is going to go flat. Mm. So on a human stroke ego level, we can talk, mm. but we're limited. Because our human batteries will run flat. Mm -hmm. The secret for me with this dancing with the universe, to Mm -hmm. to continue that metaphor, keep moving, Mm -hmm. keep in flow. This is happening. All this stuff's happening. All these punches are coming. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Let them keep coming. What we need to do with this is when that battery goes flat or our ego gets tied or whatever the, the example is, we need to plug in to an external source for greater mm-hmm. power. Because if mm-hmm. we just rely on our own human power, life mm-hmm. then is going to happen to us. 
and it's going to mm-hmm. be very, very, very limited. Okay. And that, for me, is a great example, I believe, of the the contrast between being in flow with stuff that's out there that you're not going to control. And for me, I had to learn the lesson quickly, but unfortunately, I didn't learn it quickly. It took me decades. There'll only be one winner. Mm. Learn that lesson. And so when I work with people now, Stefan, it is about kind of saying, look, there is a massive power source out there. Now, that's not for me to decide what that, that's personal. That is your most intimate relationship ever. Now, for mm-hmm. some people, that would be God. Uh, for some people, that would be source. That would be awareness. That would be consciousness. Uh, whatever. Th- th- that's a mm-hmm. very, very intimate and personal choice. But that higher source, that energy that plugs into us, so we're a very, very micro-level version of that fantastic energy, that vibration that's out there in this universe, and this has been scientifically proven. It's not some kind of hocus-pocus nice theory that this uh-huh. this energy that's out there within the universe, I believe our role is to dance with that energy, and we're only little mobile phones. So when we get depleted on a human level, we need to plug into that. In fact... The trick is to stay connected to that source. And then the battery will last forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And we can communicate, we can grow, we can talk, we can do what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Does, does that kind of make sense? Yes, it's an interesting point of view. I never compare people with phones, but there is a big, of course, I think, similarity. All right, it's, um, it, it's a great way to... To describe things, um, because as you as you said at the beginning, I think the phones are controlling people in our times. Unfortunately, because otherwise uh, you wouldn't see people walking around like this, um, uh, and you know, bumping into uh, uh, lamps in cars and whatever. So they are more um, within their phones than being in like the physical world, which, which is kind of interesting because, um, I usually see, um, humanity now in our times. Um, yes, they, they have a kind of, uh, a mobile mirror, which is the phone. So they mirror themselves actually, uh, um, but on the other hand, they mirror anyone else out there uh, as long as they are connected. So when I talk to you and see you, of course, we, we mirror each other. Um, I could mirror any other person, which is, I don't know, maybe two billion people who are on, on phones in these times, which is ridiculous, actually, that this is possible technically. On the other hand, it, um, it, uh, if you don't uh, unplug your phone, if you don't put your phone uh, in, in a flight mode, for example, it can be absolutely overwhelming. Yeah. So I think uh, there's always a contradiction within things. You can see the telephone is the, the greatest invention of the last, uh, let's say, 20, 25 years, or you can see it as the biggest enemy and biggest problem in our times, which, which it definitely is, because, I mean, in, in certain areas, in certain cultures, even in Spain there is now, for example, in, in Parma, there is a center that treats people who are addicted, and now the addiction to telephone is, right. is, is, is of course present. You know, which is very sad for me because it's it hits even kids, and uh, you know, and uh, so the influence of the screen and, and and all these 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 technical devices and the mobile phone 
might be number one because you it's so easy to have it on you all the time uh, is something that can uh, create of course the awareness that, that you have uh, a connection to whoever you want to but it also shows that um, the media in our times have a constant influence on you and they're trying hard uh, that your phone vibrates every second that it makes bling 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 and whatever you know it's uh, and i think it's uh, we need in our days an edu educational system that provides especially the kids and the youth with information how to control this powerful source in a healthy way you know yeah, I mean, I think that's a whole um, <laughs> that's a whole topic of conversation in it in its own right. You know, the modern mobile. Um, yeah, we could talk for hours about that yeah. one. But I just wanted, I suppose, to to reinforce the point that, like you said, mm -hmm. you know, just using an example or a metaphor of a mobile phone is it needs external power to sustain mm -hmm. it. And that's a great yeah. metaphor for me of the human race. We need an external power to sustain us because if we don't, we run on our own internal battery, brackets ego, mm -hmm. and that yeah. is very, very, very short-lived. Very short-lived. Mm -hmm. the batch, Our human batteries will go flat. We need that input, that inspiration from source, whatever that may be, um, yeah. to sustain us and lift us up. So... If I can just go back, Stefan, to the your title, your very controversial mm -hmm. title of the beauty of depression. So mm -hmm. obviously, you know, you've you've come out the other side. I mean, how did you get out the other side? What 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 was that process that took you from from that to that? Yeah, that's it's very interesting. Um, uh, I don't really have a simple. I don't have a simple answer to that because it was. It was, um, I had a depression two times, both times uh, for a period of roughly six months and both times in the same time of year. So it was both times from May until October time. And uh, it, this, this was the time when my uh, work was most intense. So just going back to what I've done, I've, I've created an outdoor activity center, including scuba diving at the very beginning, kayaking, hiking, cycling. And it was uh, mainly offering services for people who come to visit the island. So it was a, a tourism business, but we also did seminars for doctors and other little treatments. But let's say the core was the tourism. And the way I got out, um, I tried so many things. I tried mindfulness. I was reading things. I had uh, different therapists, I had different doctors. I took medication. I uh, tried to find my own way out because I think it's quite individual how to get out. And after a while, I realized that I need to work myself towards getting out. You know, and they, 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 of course, there are bits and pieces who are helpful. Um, the drugs were great mm -hmm. to let me sleep because I had only like two, three minutes, uh, sorry, two or three hours uh, a night at, uh, to sleep, and uh, which made the, the day quite horrible, um, the daytime. So um, at the end, I think it was a combination of things. Um, I realized that whenever I was exposed, whenever my body was exposed to water, I, I felt way more comfortable and uh, I'm a diver, a free diver and a scuba diver 
And uh, between May and October, it's quite simple because I live just next to the sea. So whenever I was exposed, I was in my old in my own inner protected world, and I, I felt way better than being exposed to the air. But of course, I can't uh, hang out there all the day, all day long. Um, so, but I realized that, that my mood was way better in the water. Um, secondly, uh, I realized that mindfulness or meditation is kind of great. But I would say I'm a person who's having some kind of a monkey mind. So a lot of things, information and thoughts popping up in my head every minute. Uh, which makes it also quite difficult to focus. So I realized that the breathing, which I was learning years ago at the university already, that this is a nice anchor to to hold on and to focus on. So I improved my breathing skills and realized that this is in dry land. So at the surface surrounded by air is a very good way to to calm my mind. Yeah. So um, I found methods who who work ideally for me, which turned out that I I, I dig much deeper into the breathing. Uh, so I did courses, became an instructor for for breathing, and now I'm teaching people how to breathe uh, properly and consciously to create a calmer environment and to to become calmer. People who suffer from stress. Uh, because we all know that stress can end up in severe diseases. Yeah. So, so, and I had, I also have to say that uh, personal conversation was important. It was another, I would say, key factor that helped me out. So, I had, a, I had um, the last depression I had uh, ended uh, actually, or there was a, a key moment. It was a conversation with my partner and the mother of my kids, my um, yeah, my my life partner, Caroline. So I spoke with her uh, uh, during, I think it was in end September, beginning of October time, and something clicked in my head because I realized, um, and I told her, I realized that my kids are affected by my depression a lot. They were still very small, but I didn't want my uh, kids uh, on top being affected because it affected my, my partner massively, my parents, my friends, my, my, you know, my, my inner circle of beloved people. And when I noticed now, now it hits the kids. I, I really, um, um, I realize um, something seriously needs to change now. Um, and yeah, something clicked, and I, 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 I dropped all the medication, which nobody recommended. The doctors, I knew doctors would say, no, no, you have to, you know, lower step by step the medication until you can leave them completely. But I just said, no, no, I, I'm not that kind of person. I need to drop it completely or not, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I didn't tell anyone what I did because I thought, hey, it's my life. It's my responsibility. I'm doing it my way now because I tried so many things. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but it's it's not that I can recommend it this way because uh, doctors would never recommend it. It's just that this method helped me myself in my specific situation. And this was my key out. I said, I, I leave it all. Um, and um, yeah, and, and this that was the way out. You know. I understand that. Uh, <clears throat> I understand that intellectually. And I certainly understand it personally because it's very much the route I took. Now, <clears throat> by taking that route, I did it over many, many, many years. But when I look back now and the lessons learned doesn't take many years it can take many seconds 
that's the big big learning for me and that's the you know the kind of insights that i share around my work now um you know what it's took me a lifetime to learn actually can be changed like that and i do understand that so we've already spoken around the starting point for anything in our journey no matter whether it's depression illness good stuff bad stuff just traveling you know use the metaphor of travel if we're going to go on a journey say to another country up north south east west whatever we don't we can't plot a course until we know where our starting point is our starting point is based on our level of awareness at that given moment in time hence everything starts with awareness everything no matter where that's at and the other word that we've already used, Stefan, is creativity, to think about things differently. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because if we keep thinking in the same way, we're going to get the same results. And interesting what you say about sort of, you know, doctors and, and, and all that. You know, when I was labelled, and I will say labelled, mm-hmm. with diabetes, it was exactly mm-hmm. that. I'd got all these so-called experts contradicting one another to the point where I realised that, hang on, I'm a guinea pig here. And I'm yeah. not decrying the medical profession, but there was so much conflicting thoughts, opinions, take this, do this, do this, do this. I was at one stage, I was on nine tablets a day, and I thought, this is ridiculous. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. What, what's happening here? And I actually said to this, this top consultant at the time that, actually, I'm a guinea pig here. And he said, well, you know, mm. we, we have to try these things. Well, you're not testing them on me. A bit like mm. your stance there, Stefan. I'll sort this out. I'll take ownership of this, and I will change mm. my mindset. Me, not you, not you, not you, mm. and your conflicting different me, because there's only one yeah. opinion here. Out there, mm. there's there's loads of different ones, and there's no general consensus. Yes. So that's what I did, and the rest is history. Um But this brings in, when we talk about the awareness and we talk about the creativity, there's a very, very, very crucial bit that sits right in the middle of those two, and it's called beliefs. Mm -hmm. Yes. The beliefs. Keep telling yourself you can and you will. Mm -hmm. If we absorb that life happens to me, poor old me, oh, it's that time of year again, Oh, something are yeah. bound to go wrong. It always does. Lo and behold, something goes wrong. Yeah. Those same challenges are there, but as we agreed at the top of this conversation, Stefan, it's how we how we deal with them, how we dance with them. Mm-hmm. You know, those me- metaphoric challenges and punches in life are still going to come. They're always going to mm-hmm. come. They're there. That's what it is. But until we have that creativity to dance, as we've already but what are those beliefs? What are those beliefs? Do those beliefs serve us? And we do have a choice in this. We really do have a choice to to choose what we want to believe because our belief influences our thoughts, our words, our actions, habits, values, the whole lot. Everything centers around these beliefs. So what are we actually allowing to, to play with our minds? Because the other thing that I challenge people on dramatically, you are not your mind. You're not. Your mind is a very, very, very key part of you. Call it your best friend. Mm -hmm. But it's not you. No more than that little finger is is me or that left hand is me 
or I don't know, this right elbow is me. They're a part of me, but they're not me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, that's it's about sort of helping people to to give them hope to understand that whilst at the moment they might be overwhelmed and submerged by the, oh, my mind, my mind, well, mm-hmm. that can be changed. That can be changed by thinking differently and, and going on this dance and, and, and mm-hmm. flirting with these, these ideas and these ch- challenges because within these challenges, um, and, and obviously I'm going to hand back to you in a moment, Stefan, and you're a prime example, but within these challenges can come great growth on the other side. And I think you're a prime example of that from what you've told me thus far. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I mean, for me, as I can see my kids growing up, I think there's a massive uh, responsibility for mainly the parents to to show the kids, for me at least, that life is limitless. You know, I allow my kids to do whatever they usually, well, of course, if I see danger, I stop them. But I don't uh, keep them away from stairs. One is two and the other one is four. Uh, I, I try, well, I let them explore everything, you know. And I see so many other um, mothers and fathers who hold the kids back all the time yeah. because of their fiction that something could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. And But this usually doesn't happen. If you trust your kid, if you trust the moment, if you allow them to to uh, yeah to, to if you allow the kids to uh, to do things and uh, especially the kids i mean there's never a time where where the human being learns so quickly all the motor skills all the the, the everything basically um so it's um uh, why do you limit a sponge when it can hold when it can actually absorb endless water you know mm-hmm. i don't i don't get it I mean, um, it's, it's, it's funny to see how, how playful my kids are dealing with four languages. I mean, uh, it's, it's, I couldn't believe it myself because I tried hard to learn one language at, at school. But we are lucky that they grow up with Mallorquin, with Spanish, with, with German at home and with English now when they do yoga classes or meet friends. And it's so effortless where I think, wow, this is all possible, you know. I mean, and I, we're not forcing them. It just happens to them, you know. And uh, uh, and and this is so beautiful to to see. And um, it it uh, it also, at the other hand, shows how hard it can be to change uh, the belief system when you're a grown up. Because of mm-hmm. course, if if your parents always tell you don't do this because it's difficult, you will grow up and will always believe that it's very difficult to to earn money. It's very difficult. To, to live a happy life because you firstly have to go through the educational system, then you need to uh, uh, continue learning. Uh, and uh, as I think when you start being pushed into a system and and your, your most intimate environment wants you to do that, that's quite critical. I think that I think this is this is hard and I try to um in these times i try to keep my kids at least keep them flexible although it's not easy because um it depends on a lot lot where you live you know because if you have the institutions around you that support this or not on the other hand it's a lot on the parents and um 
breaking it down, I think it all comes to responsibility. You, the only person who is responsible for your life is yourself. And if you, uh, if you don't take care of, of this responsibility, if you don't see that life is, is your responsibility and that there's no one else to blame, you know, it's so easy to blame teachers. It's easy to, to blame the insurance company. It's easy to, to blame the, the bank system. It's so easy, but it's not. Blame yourself. Don't blame yourself. Just uh, see yourself as the leader of your life, and that's it. Yeah, uh, and you know, Stefan, I, that yeah, I think it literally is as simple as that. So, as you was talking there, there was there was kind of three words that that jumped out of me. The first mm -hmm. one is faith. When you was talking about your two young kids, one two and one four, about you as parents have got the faith to learn to just almost let go and let them grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that faith, that is the epitome of faith for me, not in a denominational sense of, you know, I am this, I that label that I am Catholic, I am Protestant, I am Muslim, I am whatever. You know, for me, they're labels. It's what's in there. What is in mm -hmm. there? And that is faith for me. And that faith mm -hmm. brings in, interesting what you say about the creativity of, of young, young minds, young children, how they mm -hmm. can just absorb like a sponge, just take it mm -hmm. all in, all in, and then some more, and then some more. But that is underpinned, Stefan, for me and my understanding and my, um, and it goes beyond my belief system. It is a real deep, profound faith to say that is also a choice. Mm -hmm. And that's a choice between fear mm -hmm. and love. Yes. Because your kids are obviously being brought up in a very secure, warm, loving environment with 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 no fear, they're just free to express themselves and play and and, and just embrace all these and as you say, soak up all these things. But if their upbringing was, say, uh, like mine was, where it was very fear-driven, extremely violent i wouldn't have mm. that creative space i wouldn't have that space to be able mm -hmm. to embrace that kind of stuff and that's actually what happened in my um in my education i went to one of the uh, the top boys grammar schools at the time um mm -hmm. because of my so-called uh, perceived intelligent levels but i was strangled i couldn't cope with it because i was too busy surviving i was strangled by fear yeah and so for me, you know, I think as we em embark upon a conversation like um, this, Stefan, there are certain things, you know, I like to strip all the complexities out and make it really simple because it is. And people, you yeah. know, the, old, the, the, the conditioning and the limiting beliefs will fight back and the ego will fight back. No, Paul, nothing can be that simple. You don't understand. I love it when people say you don't understand. Well, mm -hmm. help me understand then so we can go on a journey together to mm. move to you to a better place because it can be done and I've said it and I stand by this it can be done in moments rather than years if you're prepared mm -hmm. to go on that that voyage of discovery so mm. I think you know what I'm getting from this conversation Stefan from your sort of insights and your experiences I suppose this reinforcement of just how simple life is Mm. It comes down to a few simple, you know, we've some words have been thrown around kind of consistently. For me, it just surely it is that simple. Why yeah. do we need? Well, we know why this thing here, yeah. the, you mentioned it earlier on. Perfect, perfect terminology, Stefan. The mind monkey. 
Yeah. And all those conditions that are imposed, those labels we're given from an early age, you are this, you are that, you are this, and you grow up believing that. Mm. And obviously people usually, not always, but usually come from a place of giving the best they can, our parents. Um, but they're, they're limited as to what they know. They only come from their level of awareness, whatever that may be. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and there's also no reason to blame them for this no. because it's just the way they grew up. You know, yes. there's. I think that's also a big thing that that people need to stop blaming others yeah. because there's no no reason to blame someone. You know, it's just the way they grew up, and uh, I'm growing up my way, or uh, I, I couldn't do anything about the way my parents uh, were raising me up to to a level until I left home. Um, but I can I can learn from all these things, and I think that's the beauty. You know, you can learn also from the depression. I learned as much as possible. That's why I see the depression as a beautiful learning process. I learned so much about myself, which I can now implement in so many different things. Yes, and I think I think that's the that's that's for me the beauty. I love learning, and uh, I love to be open and to absorb and. Um, if I learn a little bit more, uh, what you have learned, that things just need to go through you, then life will become more and more light and easier to deal with. Yeah. So is it fair to say, Stefan, that in a former life you was probably an oak tree, but now you've become a willow? Is that a fair comment? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why not? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. So... Um, have you got anything else that you'd want to to add, Stefan? Any sort of real powerful? I mean, for me, this this whole conversation, just by nature of the description of depression, um, is powerful anyway. But is there anything else that you'd want to add from your own point of view? Yes, um, I would like to um, speak to all people who are not maybe directly involved into depression, but who are very close to people who suffer from it, because. It, depending on where you live and in which culture you're dealing with depression, quite often it's um, uh, it's like a taboo subject. For example, mm -hmm. in, in Germany, people don't speak about it. You know, right. it's something that um, that is kind of pushed into a corner and nobody wants to to know about it. Although the numbers of people who suffer from it are rising like crazy. You know, in other countries in the Western world as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, then people who, of course, directly suffer from it, but also the family members and especially the partners, because a lot of relationships break through this, I think need to learn how to, how to live with these people, because it's, it is very difficult, because I was just, I was, I, I was just a shell, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't talk to me properly. If, if I talked, I only talked about my problems, my suffering, all my things. And if, if people learn that this is a phase um, uh, and uh, learn how to deal with people who suffer uh, from this experience um, and how, how people can be supported, um, because family members need support as well, because yes. they don't know what to do. Yes. You know? And, uh, and, and uh, where I was suffering, I mean, there is just no, no uh, uh, healthcare system who takes care of the, the family members you know it's just not existent so i think if i can create an awareness that it's not only the person who suffers but the whole family environment the whole inner circle of this person is actually carrying this depression as well 
and if there will be in the future a way how these people get help also um, that the person who suffers gets out in a smoother way and that you don't necessarily need to see it as a as a disease it's just it's a process that, uh, and i think it's like a, kind of an alarm to the person who suffers to to make him think that uh, um, there is a change process involved in this because uh, which means if you're in this deep resting mode uh, you will get out of this but probably uh, as a different person you know yes. you will grow out of this and you will you will um, at least I can speak for myself you get out uh, more aware or more strong and definitely um, with a different personality yeah and, yeah. and it's a very very interesting point you raise there Stefan and one that for me um, has contributed to why I call my podcast Speaking From Our Hearts because the power of expressing your own vulnerability. You know, as you say, there's certain cultures where I call it big boys don't cry because we're mm-hmm, brought yeah. up to, oh, you, you don't don't show weakness, don't show weakness. It's going back mm-hmm. to that oak tree. Be resolute, be staunch, never give, never yeah. give. Oh, okay. I did that for most yeah. of my life. Then this big storm come along and uprooted me. I'd gone. I had a yeah. total collapse, a co- total breakdown. Um, no, it's not the way. So being able to have the courage, and this is where the real courage comes in, not that sort of, no, I will soldier on, but mm-hmm. that courage to say, actually, I need to talk to somebody. I need to be able to feel as if I'm speaking from my heart. And that mm-hmm. cathartic nature of of letting it go, dissolving that that pain. Let it go, let it go, let it go. And that's why, that's the essence of speaking from our hearts, really, mm-hmm. Stefan, to get people to open up, to talk about their experiences, to share them so that others mm-hmm. can gain invaluable insights. They may or may not agree with everything. That's fine. But there'll be something yeah. in there that hopefully they can say, yeah, do you know what? I like that. I can relate to that. I call them pebble in the shoe moments because they're only little things, but boy, they can cause you so much pain. If you've got a pebble in your shoe, so yeah. I absolutely agree with what you said there, and it is that encouraging. And I suppose for me, Stefan, is if I could be allowed to to draw things to a close now with one, um, with one parting uh, recommendation, it would be mm-hmm. to say to people, whatever the label or the challenge that you're carrying have the courage to open up and speak to someone. That support is there. There Uh are a lot of people in this world that do care. And I'm on about outside your immediate friends and family. Um, Uh But unless you let them know and have the courage to reach out and share that, and I'm not just saying plaster it all over Facebook and this social media stuff around, oh, you know, I've got this, I've got that. And, you know, I'm on about sensitively and respectfully sharing your vulnerability. Uh Because, as Brenny Brown says, that your strength is your vulnerability. And I think that's a lesson that we're not taught either. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that yes. we've missed growing up that we kind of need to go back, revisit and say, OK, now I am that proverbial willow um, and I will be here and I will learn to dance and life will happen mm-hmm. through me. Mm-hmm. Yes, very uh 
beautiful words. Absolutely. So how can people get in touch with you then, Stefan, if they want to, to follow you, if they want to gain more insights about uh, who you are, what you do, etc.? Oh, well, um, I'm quite present on Instagram, on Facebook, LinkedIn, on the popular social media channels. Uh, so if people want to Google me or send me a direct message via email, um, yeah, they will find my website, get in touch because I have all the information there. Okay, so just for the benefit of the listeners then, uh, Stefan's name uh, is S-T-E-P-H-A-N and the surname is Conradi, C-O-N-R-A-D-I and the details will be in the show notes. So, um, yeah. Okay, Stefan, I think uh, I think we'll leave it there. I think uh, we've had a very, very interesting, I feel we've had a very interesting conversation. I feel that we've we've danced a little. Yes, <laughs> rather absolutely. than rather than stood <laughs> static with two left feet, and uh, yeah, hopefully you, the listeners, have um, have gained some useful insights. Um, get in touch with me. Let me know. Let me know what you think. Get in touch with Stefan. Let him know what you think. So until next time, take care and keep speaking from our hearts. Hearts helping everyone achieve results towards success.